But the fact is, pornography is a symptom of a problem in the man's heart and mind that he needs to grasp, and then he can make that go away. And it sounds very simplistic, but there's a reason why you're dealing with pornography. Once you ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart, tell you where that problem is, you can locate it, you can close with it, and you can destroy it. You're a man of strong passion, a warrior of great courage, designed and created to conquer, to crush it in singleness and marriage, to master fatherhood, finance, and health. You were made to reign in life. Gentlemen, welcome to the Made to Reign podcast where we engage men like you where you are. We empower you with truth and then we encourage you on your walk with Christ. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Ray Delanoise. I am the host of the Made to Rain podcast and the founder of Made to Rain Men's Ministry. And it is such an honor to have you tuning in, have you coming back for all the returning guests. Guys, thank you. Thank you so much for pouring into this ministry, for showing your support. Guys, if you haven't done so already, head over to Instagram and connect with me at Made to Rain. There you'll be able to find what we're doing social online. I can't wait to engage with you there. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to make sure that I take a quick moment and give you guys a podcast review of the week. This week's podcast review is a five-star rating coming from Whited 88 It's titled, The Real Deal in Men's Ministry. Ooh, let's go. What's it say? These podcasts are awesome, really encouraging and relevant to a man's life. The host is down to earth and vulnerable in sharing his current life and family struggles. Really relatable and pretty funny too. Always something applicable in every episode. Can't wait for the next one. Hey, Jay Whited, 88, thank you so much for your five-star rating. I want to bless you guys who are taking the time to leave ratings on iTunes. And if you're doing that, if you have done that, if you're going to do that, I'm going to go ahead and send you a Starbucks gift card. All you have to do is go ahead and copy paste or take a screenshot of that review that you left, throw it in there in an email. I'm going to put my email address below, send it to me, and I'm going to go ahead and send you a Starbucks gift card. You got to include your address in there, send it to you in the mail. Guys, thank you so much. Let's get back to the show. Guys, I'm so excited to bring to you this week's interview because it's coming from a prior Force Recon Marine. I'm so excited to have him on. He's actually the CEO of Soulcon Ministry, and you know, I can't wait for you guys to hear about that. He's a, a father, a warrior in the spirit, and a great man. I want to introduce to you guys, Mr. John Clark. How's it going, man? Oh, great, Ray. Thank you. And uh, it's an honor to be here and be able to uh, get involved with another brother in the fight. Hey, can you take a few minutes and just tell our guests about you? Tell uh, your story um, and what got you where you are right now. I was raised in church by Christian parents that were very active in the church, uh, volunteering, making sure that I understood the value of volunteering. Um, I got an outstanding uh, Bible education, uh, up to, and including the time that I left home. And then, uh, when I left home, I completely like went off the ranch, so to speak. And, um, I didn't regain my footing in going to church until I got into Marine Corps boot camp, where, as you know, the only real safe spot during boot camp is, uh, in the chapel. And, 
at that point, um, I think there was a tug at me, uh, you know, a course correction in the works, but it, it unfortunately it took longer than that. Um, however, during that time span before my first actual deployment, um, I had a gentleman take me to the side. He said that I looked troubled. He asked if he could pray with me. And even though I'd had an outstanding um, biblical education in a Christian church, I had never put together the the um, importance of the saving relationship with our Lord and Savior. And this gentleman explained that to me uh, in an excellent way. And even in the state that I was in, um, as a highly trained warrior, prepared to uh, do whatever was necessary for my team and my country. Um, I, I, at that point, I, uh, I prayed with him and accepted Christ, uh, as my savior. And, uh, well, it was a outstanding, um, day and it was, a you know, uh, I, I still think of the emotions that I went through that day. And then like many other men, I went on and continued to work in my own strength. And I did that through most of my adult life. Um, I had a, I, I was actually in the Marine Corps for six years. Um, I, I had some injuries during, uh, during my service and I didn't go out on a medical discharge, but the writing was on the wall and I had some opportunities. So I went ahead and took them. And when I, to, to fast forward, uh, when I left the Marine Corps, uh, basically every job that I went into, I went into a, a supervisory or managerial leadership role. And a lot of that was due to the things that I learned uh, while I was in the service. But a lot of the roles that I was in, um, I felt weren't what I was supposed to be doing. I was just doing what I had to be doing. And it took until uh, the age of, I think, 47, I believe, is, is the actual age. Um, I had been a successful businessman. Um, I'd been a high-level manager for a couple large companies um, and responsible for things like profit and loss statements and, and inventory and uh, just basically getting the job done with a, a large number sometimes up to 400 people, uh, under my, uh, supervision. And, um, I got into a position where, uh, I was very successful with, um, the company, uh, U-Haul. I was a, uh, area field manager. I had, uh, about 30 accounts that I was servicing at the time. Um, I was, uh, receiving excellent pay and, and, bonuses based on my performance and everything was looking great until one day I was called into the office and told basically that my job was being eliminated. And on that same day, I happened to be speaking with uh, Cody. I had been volunteering with Solcon for, for um, about probably over a year. And when I told him about my situation, he said, that's amazing because I've been praying on who I'm going to have replace me because I have the Lord's moving me somewhere else. Yes. And so the very same day that I lost uh, my my income, I'd never actually lost a job before. 
<laughs> I, I was standing in my kitchen trying to figure out how I was going to go explain it to my wife. And I called Cody. Um, actually, I didn't want to call Cody. A good, good brother of mine from Solcon told me, you need to call Cody. <laughs> okay, I'll call him. Um, anyway, I, I lost the job and turned right around and got another job. Um, that's pretty much the other than the fact that all of those other jobs that I had that I felt as though were not for me, that were not, um, they were kind of like a dead end. Yeah. Uh, not a full use of my talents. Right. Uh, I, I see something in each of them that prepared me for where I am now. Yeah. No. And, and it's funny cause we had that conversation on the phone yesterday and I want to be able to dig into that, but real quick for just our listeners who don't know who Cody is and don't know who Solcon is, would you just go ahead and uh, give us a, a brief breakdown of what is Solcon ministries? What do you guys do? And, uh, who is Cody Bobe in relation to that? Okay. Cody Bobe is the author of this book, the Solcon challenge. It is a six week devotional challenge. And it stands alone. You can actually buy the book and you can read through it and do the daily challenges. And you will have an amazing benefit from doing that. Um, We've taken it a step further. Uh, We've added Facebook community to it. We have a a SoulCon community page on Facebook. has over 36,000 members. And... Each one of our, we actually periodically do a six-week challenge that's scheduled. So we we load up a private um, uh, Facebook page where only people that are actually committed to doing the challenge are involved with that page. Right. So if you need prayer, if you need assistance, if you have advice, um, if you have motivation, whatever it is you want to share, you're sharing it within a group of brothers that are going through the exact same thing. And I know that you can uh, relate to the bond that going through boot camp with the Marine Corps gives, or going through boot camp basically in any service gives right. us as veterans or as active duty. Even though you may have a completely different job or a different level, you always have that bit of camaraderie, and that's really um, it. Really cements the brotherhood that we have. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, Cody Bobe. Being the author of the book and the founder of the ministry, like I said, after about, he was probably with it for about two years, and he was called into, um, well, he's starting some very exciting Christian entertainment, and that would probably be uh, another uh, podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to see what comes out of that, man. That's going to be, uh, that's going to be excellent. And I'm really, really looking forward to being able to hear, uh, even from, from Cody about some of the things that the Lord is speaking to him about it, but he founded this ministry that's committed to inspiring men to increase their fitness levels and embrace a special forces lifestyle for Jesus Christ. So a year ago, when I posted my first YouTube video, I looked around all of YouTube trying to figure out who's doing anything remotely close to what I'm doing. Who's trying to gather up a bunch of men and just speaking 
about the word speaking truth as it is, right? It's not anything to do sugarcoat or anything like, bro, stop watching pornography. It's not good for you. Like <laughs> let's, uh, let's get together with other dudes and start doing connection and stop letting shame and all of this frustration get in the way of it. Right. Let's start being a community. And I found, so that's how I found SoCon. Um, and to see that you guys have grown to the level, uh, where you are right now, where you're in 50 different States, you're in how many different countries? 35. We just got lucky. There you go. You're in 35 different countries and all 50 states. And that is just a testament to what the Lord is doing through this one men's ministry. And I want to, uh, to dig in a little bit more, uh, into your background and, um, again, tie into this conversation. The thing that we talked about, God, about God preparing you as you go along in life for the things that you're going to be, uh, embracing and that you're going to be, uh, coming into. So, um, in your bio, there's this piece about you having a criminal justice degree, right? And then yeah, you worked at juvenile and, uh, and adult corrections. You're a reserve, you're part of the reserve deputy sheriff and, uh, now an assistant chaplain at your local sheriff's office. What I find so interesting about that And what I think is so amazing about it is that there's so many statistics that has to do with men who get in trouble, right? And fatherlessness or just lack of having somebody to guide you, somebody to push you along uh, along the way to mentor you, right? So here's some startling statistics for you guys. As of October, 2019, there was 93% of federal inmates were males, right? 70% of juveniles who are in state operated institutions come from fatherless homes. 75% of kids in rehab, fatherless homes, 80% of rapists, fatherless homes. And uh, men from fatherless homes are 20 times more likely to be incarcerated. So the fact that you were able to kind of have an idea and, and have some perspective from that side of it is really interesting that now you're going back this many years later and you are targeting men, right? You are, uh, essentially we tend to swat at the flies that are all around our house, but we leave the front door open, right? We don't take care of the real problem. You're shutting the front door. Doing the best I can. Uh, we actually expanded the ministry to include Solcom prison ministries. Yeah. So um, I do a prison outreach here in my local area. There's several other brothers that are doing the same in their locations. Right. We actually got our, our app included in a, a system that's in 30 different states where the inmates can access our app to get um, content that's uh, excellent. on Christianity, being a Christian man, um, and help them uh, find their way. Uh, the Solcom Prison Ministry page on Facebook is a clearinghouse for information. You know, some people would like to be in prison ministry, but don't know how, yeah. don't know what the requirements are. Um, uh, or, you know, they're just, they're scared and they'd like to hear what that's like. Yeah. Because it, it is uncomfortable to go into the hells of this earth, especially that one, and um, deal with men. Yeah. And I can tell you, when I walk out of the prison each week, I'm exhausted. I bet. Um, and uh, I've been at the Christian Warrior game for quite a while, and that still exhausts me every time. But the other thing to touch on what you were talking about is that um, being a chaplain gives me access to the prisoners, which is amazing. But it also gives me access to the um, the law enforcement officers on the front line. And it as far as statistics are concerned, I don't have 
those statistics, but I know that they're incredibly high value targets when it comes to the enemy trying to take them down. The divorce rate, uh, the, the rate of alcoholism, uh, the rate of uh, violence issues. Yeah, it's just it, it's terrible on guys that are basically committed to uh, stopping evil. Yeah, you know, they're being eaten up by evil because um, they have a mentality that they're uh, they do so much right. and they're so committed that they're okay and that you know they can only go to church maybe once a month so they don't they don't go because they feel like they should be going all the time and things like that and I, I help break them through that and um, right you know riding up front with those guys uh, part of the reason why I'm a reserve deputy is because in our in our area they require if you ride along you have to be prepared to help so I'm actually in full uniform full gear when I'm in there talking sure. to those guys the only difference is I've got a cross on my on my chest where they have their little service uh, ribbon deals so um, but it's a tremendous opportunity I love the fact that you really are getting to the heart of the issue when you're targeting men uh, in, in those uh, in that ministry. And I think just SoCon ministry in general is doing such a good job at reaching men. Um, and I think our friends over at uh, Men in the Arena, they say, when a man gets it, everyone wins. And that's the truth, man. The fact that the enemy targets men, targets masculinity, targets the the head of the household. He knows what he's doing because check the statistic out. When a mother comes to Christ, her family will join her at church only 17% of the time. But when a father comes to Christ, his family joins him 93% of the time. I actually just posted on Instagram one of our one of our memes that uh, it's a picture of a a, a guy, a silhouette from the back, and he's he's doing a double bicep, and he's got a kid on his shoulder doing a double bicep, and it says, "When men win, women, children, and entire communities win," and that's basically what we're looking for here. Um, we become Christians, we don't necessarily get the kind of basic training to be Christian soldiers that our military gets, and it's unfortunate, but it's just the product of the way the churches are set up. So you have people that find their way to Christ, men that find their way, they're on fire for the Lord and everything's going great. And then they start getting attacked. Yes. They start getting the counterattack. They don't know how to deal with it. Um, they're not used to opening up to other men and trusting other men and, and locking shields with other men. And through the program that we do over a six week period, uh, we break through a lot of that and we, and we delve into a lot of the issues you had mentioned pornography earlier. And one of the things that we push for is yes, pornography is, is bad. Um, there's, I could talk this entire time about why pornography is so bad and uh, the reach that it has and the fact that they're targeting six to 10 year old males and the whole nine yards. But the fact is pornography is a symptom of a problem in the man's heart and mind that he needs to grasp and then he can make that go away. And it sounds very simplistic, but there's a reason why you're dealing with pornography. And uh, once you ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart, tell you where that problem is, you can locate it, you can close with it and you can destroy it. And that basically applies to, to all the issues that we're dealing with. So one of the beauty parts of, of our community is it doesn't matter what you come to the community with, what problem you come with. 
we deal with them mostly the same way. But the main thing is we don't judge, we support. So it's just like, it's just like being in a, in a battle, so to speak, you know, you've got guys that are getting wounded. You've got guys that are advancing. You've got guys that are scared. You've got guys that are dealing with all different kinds of things, but we're all one unit yes. we're all working together and we're not going to leave any men behind. Man, I love the passion behind it. I love the devotion that you guys have that as you sip from your first, uh, what is that? Second Porsche recon. Oh, I love it. As you sip from your Porsche recon bug. <laughs> hey, John, share with us. What is, uh, what's the thing that gets you going? What is your passion, your mission in life? Like what gets you ticking, gets you excited? Revival. My, my, and I haven't made it a secret to the men, uh, in this, in this uh, organization, uh, we're looking to start revival. We're going to get men on solid ground, get them the training they need, get them the support they need, uh, the tools and the skills that they need to get out there and get after it. And that gets me going. But on a personal level, if I'm out and I'm doing whatever, if I'm uh, doing a couple miles with a ruck with a sandbag, if I'm doing a run, if I'm at the gym throwing throwing weights around, and I get that feeling, uh, you know, I, I don't really have anything left, or you know, I can I can I can cut it, cut it short today, no big deal. I just think about the other brothers that are out there that are pushing and doing. And just visualizing those guys out there doing what they're doing uh, motivates me um, and, and really drives me forward. That's good. I think I like that visualization piece because uh, sometimes what we what we end up doing is we have an idea of what's going on around us because Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we get we are so connected to like what is somebody else doing? But when you take it a step further, like there are people in other countries who are putting in work, right? There are uh, missionaries who are just really, you know, you're talking about figuratively or you're talking about uh, literally, you know, throwing some weight around, but like figuratively, like throwing some spiritual weight around, like they are really knocking down walls and boundaries, right? Set up in other foreign nations that don't have Twitters, Instagrams, or Facebooks. Right. Like they're out there grinding without any publicity. Right. And, and those guys is enough to get you motivated. I, I really appreciate that. Um, John, if you can go back and talk to your 20 year old self for one minute, right. Some, some like back to the future type thing, you show up and you're like, John Clark, listen to me. What are you going to say? Well, I grabbed me by my face mask because when I was 20, I was playing some football, I'm sure. And, uh, I would say, ask the Holy Spirit to show you your identity in Christ, not your identity in the world. And it would have saved me a whole lot of time that I spent chasing that worldly identity that I thought that I had or that I thought that I had to achieve. And it would have put me on, a, on the path that I feel that I'm, I'm closer to now, um, but 20, 30 years earlier. That's excellent. What kind of worldly identities uh, would a young man, you know, walking through his twenties, um, really be attracted to? What 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 is what do you see um, being one of the group leaders or one of the head leaders here at SoCon? Um, what do you see as some of the things that are trying to draw young men in? Well, the the problem that we face is well, number one, we're in a world where we can see everything all the time, anytime that we want to, but the fact is. Uh, young men are looking at rich guys, famous guys, movie stars, rock and roll stars, whatever uh, entertainment 
you can you can imagine uh, athletes uh, whether they've earned um, the right to be looked up to or not they're still looked up to and what they skip and a lot of a lot of what I've I've done more recently when I've been reading the Bible is looking at the men of the Bible and it's amazing the the men in the Bible and most importantly Christ he was he was such an amazing man's man and we have this picture of him walking around holding a lamb and playing with children with a little glow around his head but I got the opportunity to go to uh, Jerusalem, to, to Israel, uh, first, actually the second week of this year. And I went to the Temple Mount. And the fact that Jesus cleared the Temple Mount by himself, uh, I don't think a Marine rifle platoon could do that in a day. And he did it with no problem with a couple of cords wrapped together and, and a whole lot of, um, uh, whole lot of, uh, righteous, uh, anger. So, uh, why aren't we looking up to that man? Why aren't we looking up to David and his mighty men? Why aren't we looking up to the judges? Why aren't we looking up to guys like that? Um, there's just so many amazing role models in that book that we completely overlook. And, uh, I think if people backtrack from that angle, they're going to see it and avoid some of these guys that are sketchy that are out there presenting themselves as role models in the world. Right. It's funny because we uh, do attribute a lot of success to followers on Twitter, to subscribers on YouTube, to uh, friends or fans on Facebook, but it has nothing to do with that. None of uh, none of the success in eternity has anything to do with how we are accepted here on something as superficial as social media. And, and like you said before, we do, um, compare our beginnings with somebody else's middle. And then we were looking up to the wrong people. And that, that I do agree with you that with the millennials, that is something that is really taking us down. We aspire to be this, uh, unordinary person, right? I, I read this book, uh, daring greatly by Brene Brown. And she briefly talked about, uh, a fear of being ordinary. Everybody wants to do something extraordinary. Everybody wants to do something a little different. Everybody wants to be viewed as something extra because being ordinary is, is, uh, shameful or it, there's a fear behind just being an ordinary guy. Well, you can pivot almost immediately from that. That's an awesome point of view. But if you seek your identity in Christ, if you push for that, uh, that spiritual vision to be able to see yourself and others the way Christ sees us, um, you'll find that you are extraordinary. You are his masterpiece. You are beautiful. You are forgiven. Um, he, he wants you to have that bountiful life that we're promised in scripture. Um, and the, the fact that we don't, we don't lean into that and we lean into, you know, how many, uh, Twitter, whatever's we get, uh, how many followers and how many of this, how many of that, um, you know, in the ministry, we use that as a, as a benchmark to see progress. But I know that there's some people that live their whole life on that. And I would rather have one like from Christ than a thousand likes from social media. That's it. That's it. I, I absolutely agree with you, man. And I'm glad you're going there. Cause as I read the word, I'm, I'm just reading through John and it says, you know, um, you know, it's as many as received him 
as many as would receive him. And that word receive is like this active uh, grasp, right? It's not like, hey, here's a plate. Um, take what you want. It's I'm thinking of a pinata gets smacked and you are, you know, a five-year-old kid throwing yourself on the ground, bending up your shirt so you can stuff whatever you can take, right? That is receiving. That's an active um that's our active portion of, of our, uh, walk with Christ. And it's not for as many as would like click the fan page for Jesus on Facebook. It's as many as would dig their faces in the book, right? It's not as many would tattoo the, the, some scriptures on their arms. It's as many as would tattoo his, uh, life, right? That what he was calling us to on their hearts. And I think there's just such a difference because there's no immediate glory, Right. Can we just say that? Can we just be frank? Like there's no immediate glory in just saying like, okay, I'm a Christian. I'm going to try to be the best Christian that I can possibly be. And I'm just going to stick to righteousness. Like, man. Um, but it's kind of tempting to, uh, portray my righteousness as something else and then put it on Instagram and try to get a lot of likes, a lot of followers out of it. Um, and I think, man, it just, it really does take us down. I, I feel the onslaught of that part of that situation. And uh, you know, I can go back to my own testimony, but to make it, to make it quick, um, one of the things that we use as far as the warfare that we're engaging in is guerrilla warfare tactics or using the enemy's weapons against them. So if we can go, go out there and we can flood those platforms with positive things, with motivating things, with things that make men take a second look and try to, well, what is this Soulcon thing? And we're actually, we just put some of our t-shirts on Amazon and it's amazing the number of guys that, oh, there's a ministry too. These t-shirts are awesome. And then there's a ministry and then they jump in and they have no idea how, how far reaching it is and how impactful it is. But I myself, um, you know, I, before I was, shall we say, all in, um, I was sitting on the couch one night. My wife had gone to bed. She wasn't interested in watching me argue with people on Facebook. And I'm sitting there and I'm sure she was not happy because she's in bed by herself. But I'm out there doing my thing because I'm so smart and I can argue with anybody about politics and this and that and all kinds of foolish things that I was involved in. And um at that point, I was 50 pounds overweight, um, pre-diabetic, high blood pressure medication. And my father, uh, when he was only about five years older than where I was right then, had had quintuple bypass surgery. My brother had had double bypass surgery. So heart disease was all around me. And I still wasn't engaging in that part of the fight. Um but I, I saw this thing that said, um, drop your fork and pick up the cross. And I thought, oh, great. A Christian, uh, a Christian diet plan. This is a win-win. I can show how Christian I am and I can lose some weight. That'd be wonderful. Because um, I was going to church. I was serving at church. I was dressing up and I was looking good. But, you know, that was on Sunday during the week. I did what I needed to do, what I thought I needed to do under my own strength. And, um, I started reading about this ministry and because of my military background, I was very convicted by a lot of the things that, uh, the requirements and whatnot, the, the, the parts of the challenge. And, um, 
I went ahead that night and I ordered the book and I ordered a wristband, which I don't have one right here on my desk. But one side of it says, um, called to sacrifice, not comfort. And I put that wristband on when I got it with that side out so I could look at that every single day and remember, you know, I'm, I've been living for comfort. I've been living in my comfort zone for so long. Your comfort zone as a man, especially when you get up in age, your comfort zone will kill you, literally. And I started reading the book and I read the page 77. And in the, in the original book, page 77, well, page 78 is where the challenge actually starts. The 77 pages at the beginning are the why. And it changed my life forever. And yeah, you know, I went through challenges, went through challenges, did this, did that, started volunteering, became a state leader, became this, became that. I worked my way through. And like I said at the beginning, it ended up uh, becoming my profession, kind of like the 300. You ask me what I do for a living and I say, oh, that's it. I love that, man. Hey, John, if guys want to get plugged in and get started, if they want to uh, know a little bit more about SoulCon, where do they go? What do they have to do? What, uh, where do they find you? Uh, we have the, uh, the website, SoulCon.com, and that's going to give you a, uh, a breakdown of what we do and just so you understand what's going on. And then it gives you, a, you know, do you want to join? And if you go in to join, there's no, it's, it's a completely free ministry. The only thing you actually have to pay for is the book, which is the 1499 uh, book. But I promise you it'll be the best 1499 you ever spent. Everything else that we do is free of charge. So organize and we administrate. Um, there's a, there's a weekly conference call every Tuesday night. The whole team can get together. You hear the word from one of our leaders and you get a chance to interact and talk and basically have a team meeting like special forces warriors do and, uh, um, you know, get motivated. Um, we have a monthly global men's gathering that I believe you're familiar with. Um, that will be coming up this Saturday at 9 AM for this month. And those are just amazing. It's like a full production value, um, I like a sermonette type of a deal, but really, really motivating and, and geared towards everyone. Um, we have an app that is absolutely amazing and it's crammed full of content, both uh, in writing and um, in video format. Um, sometimes I just set them down and let them run while I'm trying, while I'm working. So I'm just listening to my brothers, man to man, telling me things that I need to know as a man. Um, and uh, they can they can email me at john at soulcon.com if they have any questions. I'll be more than happy to uh, help them with direction on that as well. Gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the Made to Rain podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you want to go a little bit deeper, go ahead and check us out at madetorain.org. Again, that's madetorain.org. There you'll be able to find more resources podcast episodes and other videos that are just going to help you on your walk with Christ. Guys, all we want to do is engage you where you are. We want to empower you with truth and encourage you on your walk with Christ. If you want to submit some questions, I'd encourage you to get on Instagram at made to rain. Send us a DM with your questions. I'm always asking our followers if there's any questions that they want to submit and we get them on here, guys. We've done a couple shows like that and it's been awesome. I love getting your feedback. Also, you can go on the website, find the questions tab and submit your questions there. I can't wait to hear from you until 
until next time, continue to march. <laughs>